Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief. This is the PMB, and I'm here today with some special guests. Super excited to talk today. Uh, Stephanie's letting me host today, so hopefully she's not judging me too critically from the other room. <laughs> but I am here with some of my new friends who led us in worship this weekend. You guys want to introduce yourself? Let's start with The Real Deal. Yeah, I'm Steve Deal, and... <laughs> I am Beck Deal. Beck Deal. What was yeah. your name before you were Beck Deal? Gould. Gould. I think that's an upgrade. Beck Gould. Beck Gould. Beck Deal. Yeah, yeah. Was Beck Gold really? But well, you guys are like rock stars. Are those real names? No. Yeah, they're real names. But you had you had trouble switching over. You just wanted to hang on to Gould. Yeah. What well, does Gould mean? I'm 34, so yeah. I've I've really gotten attached to the name Gould. <laughs> I know. So it's weird. Tammy has been a Brown now longer than she was a Harrington. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Isn't that a trip? So like when I met her and we dated she was tamara harrington and now she's been you know miss now she's mrs brown yeah bizarre wow so what's your middle name steve oh mate do we have to go there yes (laughs) come on (sighs) leslie nice (laughs) Uh, yeah nice i feel like if i knew that before i wouldn't have married you no i'm just joking that's (laughs) leslie that's unfortunate my grandparents my my grandfather was leslie and his wife was cletus yeah, those are unfortunate names. They are very. Oh, well, Australia was settled by prisoners, so those guys didn't get a lot of good names. Yeah, just bad names. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Stephen <laughs> Becker from Australia, which was founded by prisoners. Yeah. Uh, so my my buddy, that's um, Pastor Glenn Barrett. He's pastor of Audacious Church in Manchester. He's Australian, mm. and I'm trying to figure out how to send him a bottle of wine. My favorite wine is prisoner wine. Nice. Uh, Nine (laughs) nine crimes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to get it to him, but customs is ridiculous. So I may have to wait for him to come Don't send him yellowtail. But he's the one that, oh yeah, he's the one that (laughs) bought me this. Yeah. The cross. Oh, nice. Yeah. So audacious church. So it's an audacious cross. He's helping me stay young. So super glad you guys are here. Um, You've been at Sandals now four months, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. July. Just after that. I think. Yeah. So yeah. Not, a lot of people don't know who you, who you are. I mean, you guys have played now at every campus, but mm-hmm. if they missed a campus, um, you guys have been here at four months. You're also newly married. So you got married and moved to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an American citizen, but you're not. I'm not. This is my first time. Yeah. Do you have a green card? No. Oh, wow. So we're illegal. You are sponsoring me to be here. I'm sponsoring you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. But Thank you're, you. you're an Thanks American that, citizen. Yeah. I need a sponsor to be here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that works out. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah, well, I'm super glad you guys are here, and it's the Australian invasion. It's kind of like the Beatles, but from the opposite side. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, you guys are here to really help transform our worship, and I'm excited about that. And so we had our first like worship weekend. We used to do these maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, but we've kind of gotten out of the rhythm mm. of doing it. And it was just really, really great. And I was just, I was so blessed to just be a part of the service this weekend. And for those of you who are listening and you missed it, you missed it. You should have been there. And um, So good. It, it was. I just, I want you to just share, Steve, just your testimony. How did you come to Christ real quickly? And I didn't prep you on that, but I want people to hear your story because you weren't raised a Christian. No. Well, I was raised Catholic, but okay, yeah, when I was 15, I left school, couldn't wait to never go to church again. Yeah. Um, came <laughs> H- having over, been to church. Yeah. I came over to the States and backpacked around for a year and a half. Went back to Australia. Um, I got a job in Miami uh, selling steak knives door to door. That's nice. See? Yeah. And um, I moved with that company uh, over to Australia. And I ended up having all these guys working for me. There was a bunch of Christians working there for me. And one of them just kept inviting me to church. And I'm like, nah, mate, me and God, we're good. It's cool. And I think after three or four months, I eventually went to church with him. And... Um, 
you know, I, it was there was a there was a Pentecostal church, so there was people falling over everywhere. Yeah, and I, when he did an altar call at the end, I went out the front. I said to my mate, "I'm gonna go out the front there. I'm gonna see <laughs> if he's pushing people over, or if this is real." Right. And so I went out the front. And he's like, "Do you want to give your life to Jesus?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and then he prayed for me and tried to push me over. And um, I think it was maybe six months later. Like I'd been reading the Bible every day um, for hours and just trying to get to the bottom of it. And about six months later, somebody said, "Mate, are you a Christian or something?" I'm like, "Um, yeah, I guess I am." And <laughs> right, it, it took me a while to figure out that I was a Christian, but um, I did have that moment, and something actually did change hmm. at that moment. And uh, but yeah, it did take a while to work it through. Man, that's fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Beck? Um, I was raised a Christian. Um, I have beautiful Christian parents. Um, a great family. Um, Your dad's a shrink, right? He is. How is that? It's great. Whoa. Careful, he's, so he's great. listening. Yeah, yeah he def- definitely will be listening. Hey, Dad. Well, just tell um, him, you can't psychoanalyze this. This is, <laughs> this is a mess. What's your dad's name? Uh, John Gould. Hey, John Gould. Yeah. Thank you for letting us have your daughter. We apologize. <laughs> it's so far. He loves it. He's, he's on top of everything. He's watching everything. It's actually really beautiful because... Um, you know, we're here and we're on broadcast now and they get to watch mm. and it's just a really beautiful way for them to interact and see what, what God is using me for, using us for. So it's beautiful. Yeah. And they live mm. in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So you two moved from one of the most beautiful cities in the world to Riverside. Yes. So there must be a God in heaven. Yes. <laughs> uh, so just like he led the Egyptians. Have you, have you guys been to Egypt? No. no. Okay. The Nile River is gorgeous. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just the rest of Egypt is, if we have Egyptian listeners, I apologize. It's not a nice place to live. The Nile River is gorgeous. And I mean, mm. think Palm Springs with pyramids. I mean, it's just wow. beautiful. Um, so God leads Moses out of that to, I mean, the part of the promised land that he was in, it's it's hideous. Mm. And so that's what God is doing with you guys. He's taking you out of the gorgeous, <laughs> beautiful place and, you know, he's going to bring something. So God brought the law out of Moses and hopefully with you guys, he's going to bring some albums out of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's right. That'll happen. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're like a country star. (laughs) You're like the Garth Brooks of Australia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're the real deal. (laughs) So for you guys, I'm not kidding. You have the number, you had the number one country album in Australia. True. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, um, I was driving a bus and it made a really good story. Um, (laughs) you know, I I was number one, Keith Urban was number two and Taylor Swift was number three. So it was like Sydney bus driver beats out you know, oh, that's Taylor cool. Swift and Keith Urban and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was literally famous for about two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Had people recognize me in the street and uh, oh, that's two more weeks than I've had. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's really, really good. <laughs> no, it, no. Was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here and super excited and uh, just give me just kind of your reflections of, of this weekend. And it was one of those things, if you're listening and you missed it, I apologize, but you needed to be there. You needed to be there to, to, to sense it and experience it. And, yeah. um, you know, we had to leave um, after the 10 o'clock service because we have had a family emergency and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys know what's going on. And so we're, we're just, we want to keep that private right now, but we're, um, we had, we had to leave, but I heard the 1145 service, like just, oh man, the Holy Spirit yeah, just they, showed up in a powerful way. They really surprised us, the 1145. Yeah. You say 1145 and I, I feel like I'm about to tear up. 
Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed I missed it. So yeah. uh, my son said it was incredible because we actually left him mm. at church to go to the hospital. Um, and he just said, dad, it was, it was incredible. And then my, my oldest daughter, Madison, who works now in the youth ministry at Sandals, mm. she just said, dad, it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah. they, to see my kids moved mm. by yeah. the spirit of God is something that's, yeah, that's just incredible. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I, um, I've always done worship and I had that little moment where I was doing country music and my last country gig was playing to, you know, 50 drunken bikers in a little pub in a little town out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, leading worship on the weekends. I mean, the, the highest calling of music mm. is worship. Yeah. And what what we were all doing as a team on, on the weekend was was just beautiful because we... I think the most rewarding thing for us is is watching people during the service. Some of them are, are standing there with their arms folded and looking like a statue. And then mm. by the end of it, you see God chipping away at them and they're, they're mm. bawling their eyes out mm. yeah. at the end. Like seeing people moved from the start of the service to the end mm. of the service for all five services on the weekend mm. was, was just beautiful. Yeah. I think one of the... Um, the things about the 1145 service in particular is a couple of weeks back when you did a, a call to faith, there was over yeah. 200 hands yeah. go up in, in that particular service. And yeah. um, it just shows that that hunger mm-hmm. of, of that new love for Jesus and trying to work it out and, and letting the spirit just come and overwhelm you. So I think there's a hunger in that service. Yeah. There's a lot of new Christians in that service and um, just awaken to what God and who God is. And it's beautiful. It's yeah. just stunning. It's just a I, real lean in. It's I, gorgeous. I'd say church wide in every service. Um, what we've noticed recently is that if Beck or me or anyone says, Hey church, lift, lift your hands or sing out or, or whatever. They're actually, Everyone is ready to rumble. They're yeah. ready to go. It's almost like they just That's need cool. permission. Yeah, and and mm. need someone to open the gate and let them let them run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's my prayer. And and so um, I want to talk about some of the small group questions that we had mm. this week. But um, you know, one of the things that I got out of this weekend is that when I when I'm speaking, I am completely free. Mm. I don't feel mm. I don't feel uh, hindered in any way. I do or say whatever I feel like God is leading me to do mm. or to say. Mm. But when it comes to singing, I put myself in this box. Mm. And I realize that I need to be as free in worship Come on. <laughs> as I am in preaching mm. the word. And so that's the, the that's what God gave me. And so, you know, you think about David who wrote so many Psalms, such a great uh, teacher of the word, but he was also a worshiper of the Lord. Yeah. And I just thought, man, I need to, I need to grow in that. And, um, you know, we were in small group last night and, and we have extraordinarily mature Christians in our group and we have people that are struggling to, to hang on in our, in our group. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why that community group is so important is you, you need to be reminded of, man, the church is this, this difference of, of genders, ethnicities, socioeconomic mm-hmm. status, Christian, mature, lost, like, that's the church. Mm. And um, this gal was just really struggling with lifting her hands. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just said, I said, so when you see somebody on the street, I said, you ever wave at somebody? And she says, yeah, of course. I said, because you're physically acknowledging their presence. Mm. I said, that's, that's all we're doing with our hands is we're mm. physically acknowledging the presence of God 
and we're saying, I see, I sense you here mm. and I'm responding to you. And, and, and I would say it's rude when you wave to someone and they don't wave back. Yeah. And so God in worship is waving to us and he's inviting us. And people are saying, I'm not going to respond to that. You're, you're not going to respond to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And mm. I just encourage her to, to, to do that. And I think a lot of us are uncomfortable raising our hands, but you know, when we're passionate about something, that's, that's something that we do. I mean, the hands go up. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a universal sign of, I'm excited about this. We went to Philadelphia mm-hmm. last, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, we went to Boston last week. And, <laughs> um, you know, Boston is where the American revolution began. Um, and we went to these, these, these churches where these meetings would take place. And what the, what the settlers would say is huzzah. So that was the word. And hopefully that's not I don't believe it's profanity, but it's, you know, H-U-Z-Z-A-H, huzzah. And so whenever you would agree, you you would shout huzzah and you would put your fist in the air and and, and that's the way. And they had mm. all of these hand gestures. Some of them were bizarre and I, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. It looks stupid. But that's what you would do in those days to say, I'm with you and I'm tracking and, and this matters to me. Um, you know, and they would stomp their feet on the church floor or pound their fists. And, you know, they, they got us to do that. And it was really exciting when we watched these fifth graders rereading because they, they took notes of what people said. Mm. Um, and probably the people that took the notes were loyal to England, mm. wanting to know who we could hang and why we can hang everybody for what they said. So we have these transcripts of what was said and watching these fifth graders read it. And they had this group of about 10 boys. Yeah, they didn't study at all. You, they just came to this, but they, man, whenever it was time to huzzah, they lost their minds <laughs> and they actually made it. Yeah. You know, all the girls had all of their stuff memorized. The boys could barely read what they had right in front of them. Mm. But these, this group of boys, and it was just, it was moving. And I think, you know, because what was happening there mattered. And I think that that's what we need to remind ourselves in church, that what's mm. happening right now matters. It's not just the um, kind of the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, elevator music before before the, the movie. Mm. It's, mm. it's, man, this is, this is like you said, chipping away at the heart of what's going on and, mm. Um, yeah, I think when people, when when they posture their body in a certain way, like you posture your your body with your hands up, or you get down on your knees, yeah. or whatever the case may be, you in a lot of ways, like when I start to worship, that's that's what I'll do. Just that because it when you posture your body, it helps mm. you posture your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, it's almost just like a, a key to the front door. If I if I lift my hands, it's just like okay, here I am. He's mm. God. Let's let's talk. Let's. I want to yeah. worship. I, whatever the case may be, but um, getting down on your knees, it does something to your heart. Lying flat, flat yeah, on your face does something. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. And you guys are so different. So Beck, you're all over mm-hmm. the place. Like, man, she's mm-hmm. she is up. Down, in, <laughs> out, like you're just and mate. And, I, I've got dance moves. I just choose not to use them because do I don't. Want, I don't want people to copy them. They're my moves, <laughs> bro. I really think he should keep them inside. Yes, yeah. yeah she sees them at home sometimes. <laughs> but but I think I think back that some people think, well, I got to I've got to look, and you just have that gift. And I think Steve, your gift is I think it's inviting, and it's that's what my son said. My son said I like it when Steve leads. Mm. I like it because you, you I have like it awesome. when you lead too. Well, I like it when you lead. But like, um, I think just, uh, you know, his storytelling of, of the stories yeah. of Jesus, you, you made it sound like you were there. Mm. Like it was, it was fantastic. Mm. And it was so, mm. you know, when Jesus did this and he has kind of this, I don't know, country Western rock star <laughs> approach to just telling this story that 
was just fantastic. And I just thought, wow. And you gave permission, you know, people to shout, you gave people permission to anoint, um, you know, you gave yeah. permission for people to sing, even if they're in bondage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that was so fantastic how quickly, right. The word of God and, and worshiping God just should be married together. Blind. And I thought yeah. that you did that. Yeah. There's so many examples of people in the Bible that are, I mean, you look at the the woman with the issue of blood, she's crawling through a crowd on her knees because she just wants to touch the hem of yeah. his robe. I mean, and I think that's one thing with worship. When people come into a room and there's an expectation that, that they are going to meet with Jesus or a mm. desperation that they have to meet with Jesus, man, then, then the room is changed. electric. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Um, our, our small group conversation went all over the place last night, but one of the things I think people miss in first Corinthians 14, you know, tongues kind of takes the central uh, role in first Corinthians 14 and people miss Paul's passion and Paul's passion throughout that passage is the presence of unbelievers in worship. Mm. And it runs all through 14. And what he says is that if there is worship, people will fall on their knees and say, God is truly mm. in this place. Mm. And people completely divorce themselves from that because they don't they don't see that but Paul's heart there is like look when you guys are worshiping you need to realize you know like what we experienced at the 1145 service souls are hanging in the balance and yeah. so if we worship God and we lift him up and and that's the thing that's amazing is there wasn't a message um I mean obviously you spoke I spoke Melody spoke I think you spoke as well did you speak no I can't remember I yeah, you prayed a bunch yeah you spoke pray, some yeah. Things, yeah so so I, there was spoken word but the primary uh, means of worship was just singing and yeah. look what it did to people. And mm-hmm. we need to, re- we need to remind ourselves that, um, you know, we have visitors that are present every week. I, mm-hmm. I met several people, uh, you know, uh, as I was trying to sneak out uh, to get to the hospital, this is their first week in church ever. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. loved it. That's incredible. They love, I mean, you know, and, and we're singing to a God they don't even know. Mm-hmm. Well, singing is like when, when words when speaking doesn't do enough, yeah. you, you sing. And when when you're writing a worship song, you try to take this feeling and you try to clothe it with language. Right. Um, and I just I feel like singing conveys emotion and feeling a lot better than. Yeah, I agree. Now, were you yeah. always musical as a kid? No, I walked into uh, a room, uh, a music room at the age of 15. I heard a kid playing drums and I was like, Holy, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> wow. I want to be a musician. And so I, I took up drums and I'm a lousy drummer, but then I, I took up guitar and, you know. So there yeah. was a growth for you though. So we, when I'm you became a, a Christian, bloomer. did you automatically feel drawn to to music and to worship? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I um, Back in the day, it was, uh, I don't know, it was the early 90s when I got saved, 91. And I was into all these hair bands, you know, Poison and Def Leppard and yes, no, then, he doesn't have any hair. Yeah, yeah, bummer. <laughs> I used to have an extended deluxe mullet that was um, it was something else. But um, when when I got saved, I immediately wanted to play music in church and um, began to write a lot of a lot of church songs. The first fifty or so were absolute duds. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mate, I, I walked into a church in Sydney, and I'd only been a Christian for well, it was under a year, and the pastor made me the music director. <laughs> so I was like the worst, the worst leader you could imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be swearing at the musicians, you know. Yeah, have a fight with someone and tell them to to get the bleep 
out of the church. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great leadership. Yeah. Um, Test by fire. How about you, Beck? What was your, did you start off singing as a kid in church or? Yeah, I, um, I, I started singing in church probably around 13. Joined like a youth kind of band and just, just kept doing it. It was, it was all I ever wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good news is God gave you the gift because a lot of people have the passion, but they don't have the gifting. Um, and, uh, and, and I would just say that for a lot of our people, then find another area to serve. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about basketball and football. I am Mm -hmm. not gifted at either. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you got to figure out a way to be around what you love and, Mm -hmm. you know, join the production team, join, Mm -hmm. um, you know, helping in any way that you can, because I think you guys are fantastic. One of my favorite moments, and this is something that's refreshing and new at Sandals, is just listening to you guys pray before you go out, before every service. Mm. And uh, if I can, no matter what I'm doing, I try to stop and listen. Mm. Um, Because I have a bit of anxiety uh, before I speak. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that I've asked God to take away and God has said, no. And I mean, that's just, that's just a part of... Mm. I think a lot of times we think in order to be obedient, God has to take away the suffering. And sometimes God says, no, I want Mm. you to serve me in spite of the Mm. suffering. And so, you know, anxiety and, and Mm. fear, and that's just a part of kind of where I am before, before I go up. And I I, I spend time praying with myself. I have uh, actually, my dad prays with me. Another guy, uh, Steve uh, Smith prays with me Mm. beforehand and that's quite comforting, but it's also comforting to listen to you guys pray because you go first. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go first. You do. Mm-hmm. And you you got the attitudes, the irritated people, more interested in their coffee than they are God at that moment, mm-hmm. um, trying to find a seat. You know, there's a lot of uh, dis- dis- disruption and distraction around when you guys start, but you go out there and um, and I'm just so thankful for that. How does prayer help you prepare for worship? I mean, I assume there's a reason you do it. I, I think one of the most powerful things as a worship team is to be unified. And prayer really does that, um, in my opinion. Anyway, I think standing even, I mean, we pray when we come in to, to start rehearsal and things like that. But that kind of just after we've done everything, there's a lot going on just to meet side of stage really quick. And, and usually it's like half the team and the other half is on the other side and they'll do that as well mm-hmm. um, with each other. But it's just like, let's just refocus really quick and just make sure that God is at the forefront of this, that it's not a, a selfish mm-hmm. um, ambition that we're, that we're trying to um, appease or or kind of just, I, I don't even know what else, but God, God needs to be the center. And I think um, when we do that, it just brings us all in. And then it feels like we're doing it together rather than separately trying to do something else mm-hmm. that's not ordained by God. Yeah, amen. You know? Yeah. And I like she's she's got an amazing voice. Like I did not have an amazing voice and I'm not a singer's singer. And I feel like I really, really, really need to rely heavily <laughs> on the Holy Spirit yeah. when I'm leading worship. And so every time I go out there, I'm like, God, I suck. You need to, <laughs> you need to show up. Yeah, know? and and just that reliance on God is paramount for me. Amen. Mm. Well, I hope we don't lose that. I I love that. Um, do you guys ever feel like you're you're missionaries? I mean, like you've you've come from so far away. You know, I think <laughs> we all often think of missionaries as someone being called to Africa. I remember the first African 
who was called to be a missionary in America. I just was like, I didn't have a category for that. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys, I mean, you obviously feel called here. Um, you know, why do you think the Lord brought you here to America? And why do you think the Lord brought you to Sandals? Because mm-hmm. it's an extraordinary thing. Um, and I do believe that you're called specifically, you know, Jesus says anyone who gives up family, home, okay, you've done, you're crying. Uh, you've, you've done both <laughs> of those things uh, for my name's sake. Uh, I wish if you guys are listening in the car, I wish you could see our tears because they're real. And that's a sacrifice of praise. Uh, You know, we think about Romans 12, uh, one and two, uh, let us, you know, lay our bodies down as a living sacrifice. And that's what you're doing, holy and acceptable and pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. And that's what worship is. Um, How often do you guys think about that? Because everything is so foreign. I mean, we we Mm. think about, we've, you and I joke a lot about, you know, uh, American and and, uh, Australian, you know, two people separated by a common language. Because we, we, we say mm-hmm. things that are so different and it's so different here. Yeah. Um, how has that been for you, that, that sense of calling? How does it get you, you know, through it when you're so far from your mom, your dad, and your, I didn't get to meet your sister, but she was here. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a sacrifice. And so do, does that, how does that motivate and stir in you? Like we're here for a purpose. I mean, so a lot of our people drove down the street. You guys, mm-hmm. you know, took a 17 hour flight. Um, I mean, how how, do, how does that does that does that go into your thinking? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my mum slipped on a banana peel of all things last week, and <laughs> you know broke broke her leg, and she's oh, in geez. hospital for a month. And not not being there for that is is difficult. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, it is a sacrifice. I remember telling some people once that I was a missionary, some Americans to America. And they laughed. I'm like, man, why do you, why do you need to be a missionary here? We've got a church on every corner. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, wherever there's people that are lost. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of Americans went to New Zealand back in the 60s, got a bunch of Kiwis saved. Then guys like Phil Pringle and Brian Houston moved to Australia, mm. started out a big you know, church revival in Australia. And now a lot of Australians are moving back to America. So it's kind of come full circle yeah. reaping and yeah. sowing I, I believe but um yeah it is it is hard to be away from family but uh, we've we've both felt a call to be here hmm. i mean i i grew up in a little country town out in the middle of nowhere in australia and for an hour every day before school i sat there and learned about the the culture of new york watching sesame street <laughs> and then I'd, then i'd come home and watch happy days and chips yeah, and and all these American shows. So we, you know, we we get a lot of American culture in Australia, and I just just love it and have a heart for yeah America. Mm. Yeah, how about you? Um, and go wherever you want with that. I know that's a pretty yeah, broad question. Yeah, um, it is hard for me to fight back the tears. Yeah, well, um, don't. <laughs> yeah, let them roll. That's how God made you. Yeah, it really is. It's very leaky. It helps me process. Yeah, it's that's okay. good. Yeah. Um, it's it okay. Is, yeah. It is. Um, oh, man. <laughs> She's super close with the family too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, my sister was here. Yeah. And uh, we were staying in L.A. with them. For a couple of days, we had a Friday off, and then we came back Saturday morning uh, to get 
ready for church. This was last weekend. Um, and, and they said, they said to me, are you guys excited, you know, to go and sing and, you know, cause it's, they know that's what we're here to do and we love it. We absolutely do. Um, but that particular morning I was not excited. Yeah. Um, because it's hard to leave. Yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah. It's bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No. Well, I mean, so, you know, I, and I think it's important that Sandals hears that because we have missionaries in Turkey, we have missionaries mm-hmm. in India, we have missionaries, you know, uh, in many places in the world and they feel this all day, every day. Yeah. And we don't get to hear their tears, mm-hmm. but but they feel that um, because they're just as far away, but in the other direction, closer to Australia. Mm-hmm. I think India is, yeah. you know, I don't know how close it is, but it's closer. Mm-hmm. Didn't, you had a bit of a God moment anyway, driving so home. I, so yeah. I, we got, no, we got back here. We went into rehearsal and immediately I felt God say, this is what I've called you to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And, you know, when I hear that from God and I do all the time, mm-hmm. this peace comes over me. Yeah. And, there's nothing better than just being obedient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I want to live. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's interesting. There's a, um, there's a book out right now by a guy by the name of Matthew Vines and he, he writes on the issue of homosexuality and his whole point is, is that God would never call you to something that makes you feel bad. And mm. so that's, and it's, it's, it's the most, it's the most horrendous theology you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, because, I think true worship, I mean, Jesus said in Luke 9, 27, if any man or woman would come after me, let them first deny themselves, pick up their cross. And here's the word that just kills you is daily, Mm. every day. Yeah. We got to pick up that cross and die to ourselves and follow him. And so, you know, for, for our uh, same sex attracted listeners that, 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 that is a difficult cross every day to yeah. bear. Uh, for the single heterosexual, difficult cross to bear. For the person mm. struggling in their marriage, difficult cross to bear. Mm. For the person with mom, dad, and sister in Sydney, Australia, 3,000 miles away, mm. it's a difficult cross to bear. But it is in that that the Lord is pleased. The mm. Lord is mm. pleased in that kind of sacrifice. And so that's where you know the, the Jews got so confused. You know, um, There's only one passage of scripture that Jesus says to study. And I don't know why every pastor doesn't preach on it every weekend. I don't know why I don't. It's Hosea 6, 6. But Jesus actually says, go and learn what the, what the prophet means. And, and Hosea said that the Lord said, I desire that you know me, not sacrifice. Mm. He's saying, stop killing this mm. stupid animal. And I want you to know my heart. Mm. And, um, and Jesus actually, I think it's in, in Matthew, it's in Matthew, uh, either it's, it's Matthew 9 and Matthew chapter 11. So two times in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus references that passage. And um, and it just it reflects this misunderstanding of what worship is. Mm. Yep, we went to the thing, we killed our lamb, we went home and it's like, no, 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 no. I want you to be drawn into me. And so who is the God that we are drawn? He, he is the God who sacrifices his son for us. So as we're drawn into that, and so how can I how can I worship a sacrificing God without sacrificing in my worship? And so and so you guys are doing that, and um, you know I think that um, you know things things are difficult, and I know that in in Tammy and I's marriage early on, um, actually I heard Brian Houston say this recently, he was pretty upset with his staff, and. Um, he, he said something that I think every, every, if you're listening to me and you're wondering, you know, I want to, am I called to full-time ministry? Brian Houston said this, and I wish I would have said this, or someone would have said this to me early on and to me and Tammy. 
But if you want to serve God, you have to sacrifice your weekends for the rest of your life. Mm. Mm. And I want all of our staff that listens to this to hear that. If you want to serve God at Sandals, you have to sacrifice your weekends for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah. Because your weekends are not about what you want to do and where you want to go. Your weekends are about serving God. Mm. And, you know, Brian was frustrated. So, but so much of Tammy and I's tension early on was, you know, the family's planning the birthdays on Sunday, the events on Sunday. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm a pastor, you know, and it was, it was really, really difficult. And we all have to sacrifice something. And so I think that that's what, you know, as we're reflecting this week is, is what, what, am, what am I killing in my life so I can live more mm. freely for God? Yeah. And God spoke specifically to me when you talked about what do you need to be set free from? And, um, you know, what, what is the cage that's, a, that's around you? And I just really felt the Holy Spirit convict me of, of some, some, some thinking that mm. I've been engaging in that's just destructive. And um, I think it, it starts from a place of pride in my life, and then it goes negative, and it becomes critical, and then ultimately demonic. And the Lord just was like, that, that you know, take every thought captive to Christ. Mm. You, got, you, got, you got to surrender that thought process. And... Um, and so I just, I was convicted by that. You know, my wife was convicted just about, um, she said she heard God say, what aren't you asking me for? Wow. The Lord spoke to her, you know? And, um, and so we've had, we've had multiple nights, you know, in bed together um, as we're grieving the loss of a, a potential loss of a family member. We have a family member that's very ill. And, um, and again, for the, for those of you who are, you know, you're, you're wondering, especially if you're young and you're wondering what marriage is, um, sex is fun. But I think the real beauty of marriage is being able to talk and work through things in life. And there are conversations that happen in the bed that happen nowhere else. Yeah. Mm. And so my wife and I sitting in bed at night as she's teared up mm. at the thought of, of, of losing uh, someone that she loves very dearly um, and just that conversation and, and just hearing, hearing from my wife what the Lord spoke to her mm. in worship. Mm. And it was completely different from what I heard, completely yeah. different. And that's, that's the beauty of God is in, in, <laughs> in a song, in a set, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says that the Lord knows the number, sorry, Steve, the numbers of hairs on our head. Every, <laughs> every bald guy hates that verse, but uh, right. Um, he, knows, he, he knows everything <laughs> about us, right? And he yeah. knows, he knows what it means for you to, um, you know, potentially not be with your family at Christmas. And mm. this would be your first time, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm. Um, you know, he knows what it means to be uh, away from, you know, your kids. He, he knows what that means. And so he, he knows, and, and the Lord just spoke to Tammy and said, what, what, what aren't you asking me for? Mm. And what's amazing is God already knows what she's not asking. Yeah. But she doesn't know. Isn't that credible? Mm. And so... So Hosea 6, 6, what are we missing in worship is, is how do I get to the place where I know about myself what God already knows? And how do I join him there? Mm. Like God's already where I need to be. Mm. How do I get there? Mm. And, and it's a struggle every week. And I think there are some people that this week, they're like, yep, I'm going to change worship. I'm going to mm. have a different attitude. And the chances are your attitude is going to su- suck even worse this next week because mm. we had a high mm-hmm. and, and the devil doesn't want us to experience that. Mm. And... Um, and it's important. And, and a lot of you guys, you say, well, I can worship God at home. There's just something about being together. There's oh, yeah. something about being together that's just, you know, incredible. And um, 
that's just the way God, for, for better or worse, for good or for evil, human beings do dynamic things when we're unified. So the Tower mm-hmm. of Babel, mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Worship of the one true God, extraordinarily good. Yeah. And when we come together, when we worship men, things happen. Bondage is being broken. Mm-hmm. As we're shouting to God, and, and I, I said this to our, our group last night, I said, what would happen? Think about how big Sandals is. What would mm-hmm. happen if half of us Worshiped God with abandon. Yeah. Just for 20 minutes on a Sunday or a Saturday, mm. stopped thinking about ourselves and mm. all of our crap and just focused on the goodness and glory of God. What would happen? Come on. And I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, miracles that aren't even prayed for or asked mm. for, yeah. things just happen. So, so those guys are just singing. Mm. It, you know, the, the thing you talked about and, and Gates were opened yeah. and the ground shook. Man, I, I have this experience, so like if I if I watch um, like a flash mob on YouTube or something that, <laughs> that Oprah does where she's got a whole bunch of people doing the same thing at the same time, mm-hmm. I start bawling like a baby. Mm. We went to see that movie <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, which is very sad. Um, yeah. But the, the end of the, the movie when there's 100,000 people in Wembley hey. Stadium yeah. and they're hey. all, they're all yeah. singing in, in unison, like... Yeah. I'm the only guy in the theater and I'm losing it. And then on Sunday, you know, everyone's singing with, with one voice and I, I just choke up. I can't, Yeah, yeah. I, I have to stop singing and nothing's coming out of my mouth. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, oh, it's, man, it's I the was most beautiful thing. The, Cause the it's well, what it is, is a, it's a picture of heaven. It's a, it's a picture mm-hmm. of the other side when everybody is gonna, going to be worshiping God with, with one voice from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And, um, and the worship in heaven is is amazing. Like when you read the book of Revelation, yeah. there's no me in it. It's all yeah. holy, holy, holy is the Lord God mm-hmm. Almighty who mm-hmm. was and is and is to come. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, blessing mm-hmm. and honor, glory and power. And everybody is singing it together. Um, saints, angels. Yeah. And, and kings. Kings are taking their crowns off. Yeah. So something that's unthinkable Incredible. on earth. Mm. Yeah, the symbol of authority and power—the crown that rests upon your head—they're tossing them. But worship puts you, yeah, in your place, and it puts God in His place, and life is better. Yeah, so much life better. is better. And and the struggle, the struggle with, you know, the struggle. And we had this. We talked about this in small group. And I apologize for everybody that's in my group, but you knew what you were getting into. <laughs> One of the questions was why? Why is worship so hard? Why don't I get worship? And the answer is sin. Yeah. Mm. Because we are enamored with something else. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be positive. It can be negative. We can be enamored with our pain. We can be overly focused in our mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. And that can become the God that we worship. It's demonic, but it's still, it's still God. Mm, but we, we hang on to this sense of um, self-worth and value. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we often want to just put ourselves on, on a pedestal, but like I said, worship puts God in his place. The the created is greater. Yeah. Sorry. The creator is greater than the created. Amen. And um, yeah, it makes, it makes you put someone else. Yeah. Up. Well, yeah. I didn't tell you what we we're going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about Kanye West. So, um, you know, he had church service this past weekend in LA and he had a thousand people give their life to Christ. Come yeah. on. Praise you know, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, that just shows you the power of worship. And I just, it just blows my mind. And, um, you know, regardless of what you think about his music, what you think about him, man, those are souls, you know, and if, if let's say half of them are legit, wow. You know, 
it's just incredible. And it just shows you uh, how powerful worship is. And um, have you guys listened to his album yet? Yeah, yeah, we were driving home from a concert in San Diego the other night and we listened to the whole thing and it was, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so a, great. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's art. It's very creative and yeah. Genius. Well, he's always been yeah. very, very different in everything that he's yeah. done. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, Chick, the Chick-fil-A song is a little weird for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some pretty obscure stuff in there, but I mean, ultimately he's just, he's just had a revelation, Yeah, you know, and he's wanting to share that with as many people as he can. Mm-hmm. And I love that God has elevated him in, in his life into a position where his voice is very loud and, and he's chosen to speak mm. out the name, the King of Kings and proclaim that to as many people as he can and yeah. invite as many yeah. people as he can into the kingdom. He's mm. opening up the gates. And yeah. I think that is one of the most incredible um, things. It's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just funny what God does. Um, I mean, is there any family more vain, more self-centered than the Kardashians? I, I, mm. <laughs> if you, if you know of one, I'm going to, I'm going to just have to go. Wow. Cause they're the most self-centered, self-focused family. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the amazing thing. A lot of people don't, you know, maybe you follow the Kardashians. I have a friend of mine who's related to the Kardashians. And a lot of people don't realize, but, you know, they're, they're Armenian. So they come out of the Armenian genocide in Turkey. And one of the primary reasons that the Armenians were were persecuted and killed by the Turks was the Turks are Muslim and the Armenians are Christians. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Cultural Christians. But there was a word of prophecy spoken over the Kardashian family several generations ago in church that God would use the Kardashian family to bring glory to his name. Mm. And my friend that's related has grieved that this family is not living that out. And mm. yet she marries Kanye West and it's him that is perhaps leading the family to fulfill this prophecy. And so you can say, I believe it or I don't, but it's just like, if, if, if you, if you would have said, 10 years ago, Kanye West is going to have the number one Christian album. Mm. You know, I mean, it, people, nothing like, he said 10 years ago made any sense whatsoever. No. <laughs> now, so, now he's making perfect sense. Yeah. And mate, uh, Times Square, you know, Spotify paid for that massive billboard. Mm. Um, Jesus is King. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's incredible. So, you know, here's the thing about God is you can fight it all day long. What he says mm-hmm. comes true. It comes to mm-hmm. pass. It mm-hmm. is, it is inevitable. And um, I just think that that's amazing. And again, my friend, um, who's a pastor uh, in Huntington Beach, he's related to them. He just says that he just keeps praying. And and the whole family remembers this worship night Mm. where the Lord spoke over the Kardashian family and, and you will be a witness for me. And, uh, and I, when he told me that, he probably told me that 10 years ago, I just, cause I I didn't know who the Kardashians were. I I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. My wife told me, I was like, Oh, you know, um, (laughs) So, I mean, the most I would know about them was through the O.J. Simpson trials. So, mm. you, you think about the people that God uses. Yeah. Oh, through, like, me? me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, you know, in scripture, like, you know, Moses sees a burning bush. I mean, Moses doesn't know who God is. He's like, right. uh, who will I say sent me? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like he was walking with God every yeah. day. No, he's running and, from God. Yeah. yeah. And then all through, all through scripture, there's countless examples of people that, had absolutely uh, messed up lives. God, mm. you know, we're, we're all among them, mm-hmm. but um, God uses them in incredible ways. So I, I mean, I'm, I thank God that God's using him the way he's using. Yeah, him, so. yeah. And I think that you know, 
Um, I think for everyone who's critical of Kanye, what I would encourage you to say is why is it that Kanye gets it, regardless of, you know, mental health struggles, whatever, why is it that Kanye West can boldly proclaim and does not care what anyone thinks that Jesus is king and you struggle? sitting in your yeah. cubicle, mm. sitting in your car, you're terrified of announcing to people that you worship King Jesus. Mm. He's not. Mm. And, and, and it's an enormous risk for him. But yeah, well, I, look, at the end of the day, the only, the only thing you can take to heaven with you is other people and yeah. he's going to have more people than I have. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's incredible, but it just shows you the power of worship. And, and my prayer is, is that sandals can have that kind of influence. Um, you know, that people can share a song. Hey, this song spoke to me. Um, and, and music does things. One of the things I think music does is it, and this is why music is so negative, is is it is it catches us unaware. Mm-hmm. So like I listen to 80s songs. Um, and when I was a kid, I had no idea. Like, I'm just going to leave. See you guys. I'll, yeah. I'll just... I was doing that last <laughs> night. Yeah. I love 80s music. But I would too. sing these songs. I had no idea what I was saying. And I, was, mm-hmm. oh, I tell my kids, oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite songs. Turn that off. You know, because... <laughs> it has this sneaky way of presenting a message. And 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 so mm-hmm. worship is the reverse. Yeah, It's this catchy, oh, I like this. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a powerful tool. It's like we're in Boston. Uh, there's this, uh, I, I didn't know who they were. The, the Scandals, the Stan, I don't know. They sing Dirty Water. You haven't heard that song? So they, they sing this song uh, and so everybody's going to, listen to the show that knows who that is going to tell me what it is, but they sing a song, Dirty Water, making fun of the Charles River. Mm. And right. Boston people didn't get it that he's putting them down. So they make it like their song. <laughs> yeah, right. So whenever they win the World Series, they sing Dirty Water. And, uh, but, you know, music has this powerful way of uniting and bringing us together. And so Boston took this song of this rock star making fun of them in their town and they made it like their anthem. And it just, it just it's this unifying force. And like you said, in, uh, in Queen, uh, behind, was the movie? Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, it's just, it's just powerful, mm. you know. And yeah, but uh, I mean, we were. I was listening to uh, Zach Brown Band the other day. I, I, you know, like a bit of country music. And uh, shocker. And I said to Beck, man, it's amazing how many liars are just in that first verse. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice, harmless song, and I enjoy listening to the song, but it's it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yeah. Um, and it's, you don't, you don't pick it up a lot of the time unless you're, you know, really watching for it. But, um, I, I want people to be singing Jesus is King. I mean, how many, how many hundreds of thousands or millions of people are, you know, driving around singing those words? Yeah. Um, my mentor, I wrote a song once and it was called for the rest of my days. And he made the point, you know, 25 years ago, I want people singing, I'm going to worship you for the rest of my days. I just, yeah, people, people repeat these things and it becomes a part of them. Yeah. So you got to be careful what you're, what you're repeating sometimes. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And that's why it's so important. Um, you know, words, especially biblical words matter. You know, you think about, uh, Jacob and Esau seeking the blessing of their dad. And so he gets, gets the wrong son and he says, dad will just say it over me. Mm-hmm. And he says, the words have already been spoken. And so, you know, God has, our words matter. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that what Jesus says when we're on, on judgment day, that the words that we've forgotten that were spoken will be, will be spoken again and will be held accountable for them. Yeah. Uh, that's what Jesus means. Anyone who says raka to his brother is in danger of the fires of hell. Yeah. 
And so we have to be so careful of, of what we're saying, what we're speaking. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, my, my parents got me this creepy, or I don't know my parents or somebody at church got me this creepy monkey and it was hear no evil, see no evil, speak yeah. no, it's the freakiest monkey I'd ever seen. <laughs> but the whole point was be careful what you're watching, be careful what you're listening to and be careful what you're speaking mm. because those words are, are powerful. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I, did, I don't know who planned this. I don't know if it was you guys or Melody, but who whose idea was it just to sing over us? Melody. That's Melody. That. Yeah, we, we wanted to get off the stage at that point and go sit in the crowd. Let me just tell you. <laughs> it was powerful. When, when she, I guess it was her that said that. I was so caught up in the moment. Yeah. I can't remember who did it. But when she said, I'm going, I just want to sing this over you. Yeah. And, you know, that's what God does in heaven. Mm-hmm. God has sung a song over yeah. us. And it's this blessing and it's this, it's this poem of God's plan and God's love and God's grace for us. Mm. And when you guys did that, that's that's when I think people broke in the 10 mm. o'clock. That was the moment. Okay, because think about what we hear when we're driving, people mm. are flipping us off, our, mm. our, our Twitter, everything's so critical, so negative. Mm. There, I can't actually think of a, of a time in my life as the pastor of this church where I've ever had somebody say, I wanna sing this over you. Oh, wow. So that was a first for me. So, so powerful. So I've had somebody say, I wanna mm. pray over you. But I've never had somebody say, I've had my feet washed. Uh, yeah. I've never had somebody say, I want to sing over you. And it was a very, very special mm. moment. And um, it was You've very done young. that a lot over the years. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I'll do that yeah. over you. Yes. Not right now, but. <laughs> um, it was great. Yeah. It was powerful. There was something, again, and for those of you who missed it, I, I apologize, but. Um, yeah, one of the guys in our group missed it because he um, he took a special needs guys to church, and the guy mm. needed to be use the restroom, and so he kind of mm. he kind of missed worship, and, mm-hmm. it, and it broke my heart because he really needed it. We all needed it. Um, I think what's powerful, though, um, like I, I hear you when you say that, but there is something that's changed because of this weekend in in the atmosphere of the church, mm-hmm. and it, it's a wave, yeah. and people, even though they they may have missed it. Mm-hmm. They can jump on that wave, yeah, no, amen, yeah. which is really beautiful. And I think um, if if we can just get to church, yeah, yeah, if we can just get into the house of God, that wave is already there, amen. And we can jump on that wave. Um, and, and God is God is just so totally on the move at the moment here. It's yeah. it's yeah. actually we're, incredible. We're, we've got front row seats to watch this over the last couple of months. And, oh uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's been that great. was the Holy Spirit, Stephanie King. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Amen. Well, uh, let me just say one quick thing. We'll wrap it up. I didn't realize we'd talk so long. When I say we, I mean me. Uh, how has? Um, I'll start with Beck. How has mm. working for uh, and with uh, Melody just been incredible? She. Let me just say this. I think she's one of the most incredible leaders. Mm. I've worked with and experienced in my life. Um, and I, you know, my wife enjoys working with her, but I hadn't worked with her until she took over as the worship leader about, mm. about a year ago. And it was difficult transition for her. How amazing mm. has it been to work for somebody like that? That's just such a gifted leader. Mm. Um, she is so powerful in the way that she leads, in the way that she can 
um, this is normally a guy trait and maybe she's not like this, but it's the way I perceive it is she is able to compartmentalize things and put things in different baskets and address things in a very, very, um, timely space. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, that is really ordering worship Mm -hmm. and, and, and then the weekend service, what she's, what she's bringing to this place. And, um, what, what I've, I just came off the back of this last weekend feeling so honored to lead by by yeah. her side. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had, I've had people inspire me in worship. I've had Darlene Chick. She's been mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful worship leaders who've like, I've had the privilege of, of leading worship with her and, and just her leadership over me has been mm-hmm. beautiful. Her friendship, she's gorgeous, but um there's something about doing a season side by side with somebody under under her leadership that I'm I'm just so excited to even learn and to glean from what she's got. Um, she's she just has authority. Yeah, she's I love awesome. It. And yeah. she's got this tenderness that you wouldn't even put with the way that you perceive her. She's very strong. She's head headstrong. She knows what she wants. She knows how to get it. But then she's got this tenderness. She'll start speaking about something and tears will just flow out. And I, yeah, you know, the yeah. presence of God is on her. And I mm-hmm. just, I'm in awe. Yeah, I'm excited. For those it. of you who missed it, I'm, we're talking about Melody Workman. So I don't know what her job title is. She's the director of production worship. Mm-hmm. So everything, weekend, weekend experience. Weekend, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, mate, she's a bomb. She, she does everything on the weekend. She, I, I would not want her job. I, I've been doing it. I've been a worship pastor for like nearly thirty years, mm-hmm. and I can't do what she does. She's she's um, amazing. I mean, mate, she could mm. she could write a book and hit the preaching circuit. She's such a good speaker. Yeah, um, and I was in awe of her voice on the weekend. Um, mm. Super powerful worship leader. So I'm really glad that she's. She's where she is, right on, and uh, and that, you know, I think what's on her will just naturally flow down mm. throughout the worship team, mm. and uh, you know, it's already changing. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, it's incredible. Yeah. Amen. Well, I love you guys, uh, Melody Workman. We love you. Thank you mm. for just an She's awesome, okay. an awesome, awesome weekend, and yeah. uh, we appreciate that. And so, guys, be praying for our next series called Invited. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend, so I'm going to be preaching on a passage of scripture I've never spoken on before in my life, and um, it's really about. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but just be praying for me in my preparation, mm. and um, it's just be interesting because it's all about the role of, of the pastor and why that's important for mm. what God's inviting us to be a part of. Great. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to preach on what I am. It's bizarre. Yeah. That it's that, and I think that's why I've neglected, cool. I've avoided it because it's just weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the church needs to understand the role of the pastor, especially going forward, as we're we're facing so many pressures to change what we believe, so that we can continue continue to fit into culture. So, be be praying uh, about invited, invite a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, as this week we look at how the church is the household of God, and God mm-hmm. is inviting into this house that He has structured and ordered. So, mm-hmm. anyways, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and it was great to have Steve. And thanks for having us. Thanks for having Beck, us. Back the real deals at Sandals Ooh. Church. Love yeah. you guys. God bless. <laughs> we love being here.